0: What's up guys? In this episode, I interview Ryan Gromfin, who's also known as the restaurant boss. You may have heard of him before. He has 120,000 followers on YouTube and he helps restaurant owners build better restaurant businesses. He is so incredible and he shares so much amazing information in this episode. We talk about concepts from building better systems and processes for your restaurant business and how that can influence and affect growing your company. We talk about also concepts from simplifying your restaurant business and the effects that's going to have not just on operations and making things easier to run the business, but also how that can correlate to reaching more customers and bringing in more new guests. Guys, again, there's a lot of great information this episode. And if you're looking to really grow your business this year and you want to learn more about systems and processes and really where to start, you're going to love this episode. And so without further ado, let's dive right in. Hi, my name is Brett Linkletter, CEO and co-founder of Dyneline, a restaurant growth agency. Right now, you're listening to our podcast, Restaurant Misfits, where we'll discuss all things related to restaurant marketing, management, and everything else in between growing a restaurant business. Scaling a restaurant today takes much more than having grit and hustle. In this age, it's about utilizing the newest technology available, consistently educating yourself on new platforms and trends, and having a deep understanding of how this industry is so rapidly changing. This podcast is dedicated to keeping you up to speed with the latest and greatest through interviewing the biggest and best in the restaurant industry. Additionally, this podcast is also brought to you in collaboration with Total Food Service. For over 30 years, Total Food Service has provided the restaurant and food service industry with exclusive interviews to the latest news on products, trends, associations, and events. You can sign up for a free monthly subscription by visiting TotalFood.com today. And from all the misfits over here, we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everyone. It's Brett, and I'm sitting here with Ryan Gromfin. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you, Brett? Good, good, man. I'm very, very excited to chat with you. Uh, the infamous restaurant boss. Man, this is, this is a super exciting. Tell me just kind of like how you got into the space and how you became the restaurant boss. Give us a quick intro. Well,
1: we only have a few minutes here because I could, I could take four hours to tell you the exciting story. But um, basically, a recovering restaurant operator myself and through a series of events, um, mostly starting with, I was very fortunate to work in some five-star restaurants. It started at a very high-end country club and then literally a five-star restaurant. There were only three in the country at the time. That was my early career cooking. Um, So I learned kind of at the highest level. And then when I went into the more regular restaurant world, freestanding restaurant, independently owned and operated, a lot of questions were going off in my head of why do we do it this way? Why do we do it this way? That's not the right way to do it because I only knew from the best. And so then some things happened that led me to a place in my life where I was like, I learned some stuff. I kind of took those methods Mm. And adopted them to some freestanding restaurants that I was a partner in and operating and had some success there. And then that's when I was like, you know what, I, I got to help other people. And really what it is, is it's more of a mission for me because I remember driving to work some days in these five star fancy places. And I've had forks thrown at me. I've had plates thrown at me. I've had all kinds of crazy chef stories where you can't even yell at your team in the walk in because it's not insulated enough. You have to go into the freezer of the walk-in to yell at your team because the chefs are yelling so loud. And there was always this like, what's gonna happen to me today at work? Is today the day that I'm gonna get fired for either doing something wrong or not doing something wrong, but getting blamed for it. And honestly, I just wanna change that. I I wanna create an industry. I wanna be a part of creating an industry where owners are proud of the work that they do. Mm -hmm. Owners don't tell their children Not to follow in their footsteps. When my son says he wants to be a chef to me, my first answer is no. But why? Why shouldn't I be proud? Why shouldn't I say, you want to be a chef? That's awesome. Why are there only four, maybe five universities in this country that offer a four year degree in managing restaurants when there's a thousand universities in this country that offer a four year degree in business? So I want to be a part of that. And that's really the mission that I'm attached to now is. Let's make this industry a place that's a respected industry, a place that people want to go work, a place that people go to work at with job security and don't change jobs 30 times in 20 years and then end up at a Cisco.
0: Got it. Got it.
1: That's kind of the that's the four minute version.
0: No, that's amazing, though. That that was great. I mean, and it makes a lot of sense how you ended up here. I mean, for sure. Um, I mean, you've accumulated a a pretty large audience online, by the way, about 120,000 followers on YouTube. I know you work with well over 300, 300 people in your membership program alone. Um, tell me what that's been like for you, building an audience, connecting with people in the industry. What's, what's that been like for you?
1: It's been so, it, it's honestly like, it's so awesome that I'm on the phone with a guy yesterday in Yellowknife, Canada. Where is that? So I look at a map, Yellowknife is like north of Alaska, Canada. And I'm looking at these pictures of the Northern Lights and just how beautiful it is. And I'm like, I didn't even know people live here. And I'm talking to a guy with four coffee shops who's trying to expand in Yellowknife, Canada. Wow! But you know what's so cool about it is my family and I can go visit Yellowknife, Canada, and we know someone there. And we know people in Brazil and Japan. And literally, we've worked with people you know, through the Restaurant Boss. I've had the opportunity to work with restaurant owners and get perspective. which is the coolest part, is I get to test my theories and my thoughts on a restaurant in India at the same time as we're working with a restaurant in California, Ohio, Miami, and Yellowknife. And I get to prove my theories that human behavior is human behavior. It doesn't matter where you're from. People always say, well, Ryan, that's great. Maybe that worked for you in the United States, but that doesn't work for me in India. No, we've proven that that's not true. Um, But really, it's just been so exciting to to connect with people all over the world and to get a message out and to see people's responses to it. Uh, you never in, you know, 10, 12 years ago, never would I have thought that I'd be a YouTuber. I mean, first of all, my son thinks I'm the coolest person in the world. Cause <laughs> I guess technically I'm a YouTuber. I mean, I don't really you, make money off of YouTube, but percent you like, to my son, sure. like I'm a YouTuber. I've got the plaque. Like as far as he's concerned, I'm like Mr. Beast. Um,
0: yes. but it's just
1: funny. Cause it's not, not a profession I thought I would ever be in, professionally coaching and helping people. And it's an honor. I just absolutely love it. It's fun. Every day is something different.
0: That's amazing. And that's funny about your son. I mean, honestly, it's like, I think I read something recently. It's like being a YouTuber today, I think is the most desirable career path for kids today growing up. It's like the most, it's like number one. So it's like, you're literally living your son's dream, uh, which has got to be incredible. I'm
1: living the dream. Well, I say every day, I'm living the dream. And there you go. I'm living the dream. No, I, I
0: love that. <laughs> So I kind of getting into it, like, what, what do you think? I mean, OK, obviously, we we work with a lot of restaurants as well. And, and uh, people come to us because they want to help grow their business. Right. But I'll, I'll I'll tell you pretty much every call we have. Someone comes to us very frustrated, overwhelmed, just stressed out. Like, but I'm kind of curious on your end, when people come to you, like, what are what are some of the most common problems that you see people are overwhelmed with today in the restaurant space?
1: Hands down, whether you're a restaurant that is doing crazy, ridiculous numbers that almost any operator in the world would be jealous of or whether you're struggling, hands down, it's staffing. Mm. Um, and there's a few reasons that I find they're not if there's not a pattern that it's always the same. There's a pattern in that it's probably three or four things, but hands down. Without question, it's it's staffing. Um, it's finding staff, it's retaining staff, it's being able to afford staff at the levels that you need. Um, but I would say, yeah, the biggest the biggest challenge people have is just is staff. Look, it's a very staff, it's a very team member intensive business. You can't yep. run a restaurant without people. We're trying. We're we're working on concepts with robots and we're working on concepts with a lot more automation, and we're working on simplifying concepts and Hopefully we'll have a time to talk about a lot of that today because I think that simplifying a concept is a massive part of it. Robots and things, I think are the future. It's probably not where I'd be focused right now, but the simplification, so there's less reliance on the labor, yeah, because the reality is a hundred years ago, labor was a challenge for business owners. Two hundred years ago, labor was a challenge for business owner. Five hundred years ago, labor was a challenge for business owners. What is to say that? Today or tomorrow, labor won't be a challenge. Labor has been, is, and will always be a massive challenge for any business. Yeah. Now, there, where there are tools and techniques and processes that are best practices that will help, but even those businesses with best practices, it's still a massive part of any business. If you have great people on your team who are passionate about their jobs and do great at their jobs, you're gonna have a more successful business than if you don't. And again, going back to what I said earlier, that's why my mission is so strong because, generally speaking, we're not, this industry is not attracting the true professional. And if you are the true professional, you're either working in the elite of restaurants, the, the high end hotels, the five star hotels, or the elitist of restaurants, or you just outgrow the industry and you leave it. How many people you probably do just like I do and and anyone out there listening, how many people do we talk to who are now working as a salesman at a POS company or a salesman at Cisco or have started their own business that supports the restaurants because they had that professional entrepreneurial spirit and there's no place for them in the restaurant industry unless they're an owner of a restaurant. Um, So, yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot of methods and techniques that we can talk about for sure to help this. But
0: but Staffing. i mean and you're right 100 i agree also like labor has always been an issue always will be unless we maybe fix some things like you're talking about but it seems to me like legitimately in the last 12 to 24 months especially staffing's become even more of an issue like an incredible issue that oh. it's like so much more like it wasn't like this way four or five years ago i don't think i mean not like this level i mean is it is it all the because difference we were having sorry no, yeah, go ahead. I me. Mean, what what is what is the difference now? Like, why? The
1: difference we were having four or five years ago was finding staff. We were team members. We were at, you know, 1% unemployment, half a percent unemployment. And even that number was probably just people who just really didn't want jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we don't count that in unemployment, I still believe there's a certain amount to that. But we were basically running at zero unemployment because the economy was freaking booming. I mean, we have never had a tailwind for as long as we've had in the last 12, 13 years, at the at the velocity that we had, I mean, business was booming. That that's why we're experiencing the inflation, everything we're experiencing now. But yeah. with that, that was the challenge then. The challenge now is that because of that unemployment, people want to get paid more money. So and they're getting more money, and that's great. People should get paid more money. However. The deliverable, the value that generally people are adding has not kept pace with the the raise in wages. And so Mm. I think owners are really feeling it now because they're paying really good money for positions, but they're getting the same level of talent or value add of a team member that was provided at a less um, aggressive wage so it's I think bad. there's just that that added pressure of if I'm going to pay a manager this much money, which a good manager deserves. I don't think restaurant managers should be making $40,000 a year. I think good restaurant managers should be making 85, 100, 120 a year depending on the restaurant, but there's a level that they're expected to perform at for that salary and most owners are willing to pay that salary if someone can perform at that level 100%. We just have not created a pipeline in the industry to develop talent to that level. So there's just this massive amount of
0: frustration. I see. I see. And also, obviously, another issue like across the board. I'm going
1: to stop here for one second, Brett. I'm sorry. There's one other thing that I think is really important.
0: Yeah. People say people don't want to work
1: right now. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's that people are lazy and they don't want to work. I think we haven't created a reason for them to work. We haven't created enough of a desirable outcome, a great enough workplace. So it's not that they don't want to work. It's that they're choosing to sacrifice things in their life because the work isn't worth it. So people are willing to stay at home and give up on travel, give up on buying a home, give up on nicer shoes or a nicer computer or a nicer apartment because the work isn't inspiring enough. They're finding it. their inspiration in other places.
0: Interesting, interesting, and and look, I mean, one thing I've I've heard from obviously it's always been an issue is 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 is, is margins, profits, right? And especially during COVID, when a lot of a lot more sales are going through the third party apps, like that was just destroying the industry. And I know obviously now climbing out of COVID and all the great things coming, we're getting back to a more stable level. But like, I guess on your end is. When you're working with some of your clients, someone who's joining the membership program and they're approaching you with this kind of issue, like, man, my margins just are terrible. Do you have any kind of recommendations for boosting overall profit margins or any kind of quick tips for bringing in more high profit margin products?
1: first of all, I wanna make sure that we're measuring margins correctly. Um, I don't wanna get into too much of how to do that and everything else, but one, just make sure that if we're gonna make a decision based on finances, make sure that we are gathering those finances correctly I work with a lot of people who tell me they have a food cost problem and we look into it, they don't have a food cost problem. They tell me they have a labor cost problem. We look into it, they don't have a labor cost problem. There are, all look, restaurant finances are complicated. So one, yep. let's establish a, a proper and correct baseline. Uh, number two, you know, as far as quick things is um, we got to manage. Like we as operators have to get out of the office. You are not going to fix a food cost problem by staring at a spreadsheet. You are not going to fix a food cost problem by spending 10 hours a week counting inventory. You are not going to fix a food cost problem by telling your chef to do a better job on food costs. You're going to fix a food cost problem by getting in your kitchen and just watching and just seeing what's going on. How much food is going in the trash? How much portions are being overportioned? how much food is being cooked improperly and isn't even making it to the guest? how much food is being overordered and either thrown out or repurposed or just sitting on the shelf as dollars that we can't spend. So it's not necessarily a quick tip. But the first thing is before we get all scientific with, you know, you have to do exactly this thing is I just want to see owners and operators getting back into their operations like yeah. really getting in there. Um, so there, and, and there's a lot of other things that we can do. There's like five areas of food cost that we've identified as the five areas that affect it. And if we want to get into those five, we can talk about them. But I mean, really, again, I think I see the biggest challenge here is we try to run our businesses from afar. So the yeah. first thing I would always tell everyone is, you know, when was the last time you stood in your kitchen for four hours? Did nothing. I used to just stand in my kitchen like this. And my cooks would look at me like I was crazy. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just watching. And just standing in the kitchen for four hours watching, what you will learn is amazing.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I know it's not for for all businesses. And a lot of of companies like like ours, for example, right? Training our sales team, right? If I didn't record these calls that these demo presentations on my team has and go back and review what they did, how do I know how to coach them? I think likewise, staying in the kitchen, seeing how – the processes that you've created, are they being done correctly? Or is someone now doing something different over here, which is costing the restaurant X amount of dollars here? And I think to your point, it's such a, it's such a great point. None of people, in my opinion, end up being a coach to their employees. It's kind of, they go through the training, they set it up and then you're on your own, there you go. Also, employees wanna get better, generally speaking, right? If you're not there, you're absent, really They're not gonna at- care as much.
1: Yeah, 100%. People, Everyone wants to grow to some level. I think we're really good at telling people what to do. But like I was working with my son the other day. He's really taking baseball seriously right now. And I can just sit there and tell him, you're not throwing the ball properly. Throw the ball properly. I could say, reach behind your head, throw the ball properly. But that's not going to help him. I need to put my hand on the ball. I need to put his hand on the ball and put my hand over his hand. And I need to pull his arm back to where it should be. And I need to move his feet. And I need to twist his hips when he throws and he needs to do it. And I need to do it and he needs to do it and I need to do it. And that's how he's going to get better. Telling someone what to do isn't going to make them better. Coaching them, getting in there, getting dirty, getting your hands dirty with them is what's going to do it. You said something really important there. I'm a systems guy. I'm a processes guy. Manage systems, develop people. We should talk about that at some point because I don't believe people can be managed. I think systems can be managed. I think people can be developed and we'll talk about that more. But what you just said of recording your calls, listening to them, going back and coaching them. But the part there that maybe people didn't catch up on is you have a process. You have a sales process. There's certain questions that have to be asked at a certain time in a certain order. And based on those answers, we have to reply in different ways. That process is designed to get you the result that you want. So a lot of times when you're listening to a call, I'm assuming either they're not following the process and that's why they're not getting results. Or if they are following the process and you're seeing a pattern of not getting results, then the process has to be adjusted.
0: Bingo. Yeah.
1: Goes back to what I said earlier with numbers is, are we getting our numbers properly? Then are we following the steps? If we're following the steps and not getting the numbers, then there's a problem with the steps. Or are we not following the steps? Which kind of goes to this thing that I always talk about with restaurant owners is, No restaurant owner has set up a system in their restaurant, whether they intentionally set up a system or it just became that way. But there's no restaurant owner in the world who has set up a system for a guest to get poor service. No restaurant in the world has set up a system intended for a guest to get bad food. Your recipes taste good, even if they're just in your head. They taste good. So the only problem that we're going to have is someone is not executing your plan and if they are not executing your plan they need the coaching if they are executing your plan like i've said and it's not getting the desired result maybe your definition of what the guest wants is wrong and we have to start looking at that but this all starts with being in there measuring the way you measure is recording a call the way I measure is get in your kitchen and watch, taste, yeah. stand on the floor and observe. We can't do this from a report that gets emailed to us the next day. Now, if you manage five, six, seven, ten 10 restaurants, you might say, well, I can't be in all my restaurants. No, you can't. You're right. That's where those reports come in. But you should have someone developed at each restaurant who could be that eye and ear for you.
0: So do you, do you do you see it's more common where someone has this system, but they're not managing it correctly or making sure it's being executed properly? Or is it kind of like sometimes they have, have don't, literally nothing even there to begin with, and it's a really broken model to start with? I mean, what's more common for you to see?
1: Unfortunately, I'd say when I get on the phone with restaurants that are struggling, they they miss, usually they're struggling because they miss the mark they they developed a poor concept they put a great concept in the wrong location they put a poor concept in a great location their flavor profiles aren't the flavor profiles that people want the price point something like when i get on the phone with someone who's been open for a year or two years or three years and they've struggled the whole three years usually unfortunately they missed the mark somewhere so that goes to what you kind of said there The system just isn't right. Got it. Of the 80% of restaurants that I get on the phone with that are doing well, but want to be doing better, uh, aren't better to everyone is different. Better to some owners is I'm making money, but I don't have any time better for some is I have all the time in the world, but I'm not making enough money better for some is we have one location. We want five. So everyone's definition of better. I use the word scale is different, but most of the people I get on the phone with have a system. It's not documented. So they say things to me like I'm the only one that can do it. How come how come if I'm not here, it doesn't run well? How come if I'm not in the kitchen, the food doesn't come out well? If I take Saturday night off, there's always a problem. They have a system. They know what they want. They know how they want the food cooked, how they want it plated. They know how they want their guests greeted. They know how they want them seated. They know everything, but it's in their head.
0: Yep. And yeah. so
1: now their team member has maybe been trained on some of it, but there's no measurement tool maybe hasn't been trained on all of it because it wasn't documented. So some step was missed. And then there's no way for their assistant managers to help them because their assistant managers don't even see the whole picture. So a lot of what I do is helping operators take the good that's in their head. Sorry, if you're listening to this, you can't see I'm like pointing to my head the whole time. (laughs) But it's taking the good that's in their head and putting it on paper in a way that their team understands it.
0: Got it. So, I mean, it, it, so it sounds like a big part of it is, is helping some of these players become more coaches, basically, and giving them the systems 100%. and the processes to actually be able to do that. I mean, I, I think for a lot of business owners, this is a huge struggle because you got into the business because you were good at this thing. And then you finally had enough money to open up a restaurant. Now, building the team is a whole different ballgame. Getting someone to do what your vision the person is. The who
1: In order for an airplane to fly, there's three types of people you need. A pilot, you need a mechanic or a, the person who builds it, and you need an engineer. All three of those positions are three different personalities, three different skill sets, and three different desires. Most aeronautical engineers. I was watching. I'm I'm an airplane dork. I fly airplanes. I'm building an airplane
0: in oh, my that's garage. Amazing. So yeah, I'm one I of that. the rare people that <laughs> loves
1: it all. Yeah. But yeah, we can talk about building an airplane in my garage another time. But. The point is, I was watching this YouTube video on the F-35 last night, and they were talking to some of the engineers, and they were showing the assembly line. The three lead engineers on the F-35, none of them are pilots. None of them have ever flown an airplane. But they're really good at what they do. The guys who build the airplane don't fly and aren't engineers, but they're really good at what they do. Yep. The Navy pilots who fly the airplanes or the Air Force, I don't want to leave anyone out. I don't think the Marines have... Have an F-35, maybe they do. But the point is, they're really good at what they do at flying the airplane, but they're not aeronautical engineers. So yeah, exactly to your point, Brett, we are taking people who may have been great at running restaurants in the front of the house, great at being a chef. They're technicians, to use a term out of the book, The E-Myth, which is, besides my book, everyone should read The E-Myth. You should get a copy of Make It Happen, and you should buy The E-Myth. 100%. And you should read both books. But the e Myth talks about exactly what you just said, about a technician. Most small business owners are technicians. They're good at a job. They become a business owner. But if all they do is the job that they're good at, their business will fail.
0: Yep, yep.
1: So in order to run a business, you have to learn some skills or bring people on your team. But a lot of times we don't have the finances to do that. So you either have to learn it or bring people on your team who know how to do the other parts, the building and the designing, because most of the owners I work with, again, are really good at what they do. What they're not good
0: at is designing the systems and building the systems. Got it. Got it. So, I mean, this might be a tough question, but so someone listening to this who's listening and, and just thinking, oh, my God, this resonates so much with me. I have this exact same problem. I mean, what what is like the first step they can take to helping like baby steps into creating systems of their own?
1: Take out a piece of paper, pause this right now, or as soon as I'm done talking, pause it, pull out a piece of paper and write down five to 10 things that frustrate you. Literally write down a hundred things. I don't care, but at least five to 10 things that frustrate you. They don't have to be big things. You don't have to start thinking about like, well, I'm not making enough money. Okay, fine. But- What is frustrating you? Like, did you get a phone call this morning at 630? That was something that you're like, my God, I've told this person 30 times. Did you get someone who called out sick in the middle of the night on a text message and you didn't get it till this morning? Did you show up to work and something wasn't done properly last night? Like things weren't pulled out of the freezer that were supposed to be thawed out. Lights were left on. The air conditioning was left at full blast at 68 degrees. And so you're paying to air condition your 5,000 square foot restaurant all night long. Like, What frustrates you? They can be that small, but five to 10 things that frustrate you. And then I want you to circle the first one on there. And then I want you to ask yourself this simple question. Do I have a clearly defined, well-documented system that I have trained the correct people on to execute that exactly the way I want it executed every day, every week, every month? So I'm not frustrated by this anymore. That wasn't a simple question, but that's the question is, Do I have it documented? Have I trained the people? And if I haven't, then go write it. Look, you can jump into my membership or you can get like free resources from me, the restaurantboss.com slash toolkit, or just go to the restaurantboss.com. You'll see it everywhere. And I'll give you, it's like a 30 page example of what a system looks like, how to build a system, the format I use, et cetera. But honestly, I mean, look, do that. But if you don't, just right now, ask yourself the question. If something didn't get done properly last night, if the air conditioning got left on, is it on a closing checklist? You're going to say, yes, it's on a closing checklist. But then I'm going to ask you, are the people that are responsible for closing, have they been trained properly on the closing checklist? Is the closing checklist formatted properly? And I'll tell you right now, if you're using a grease pen that's laminated to a, or that's like tied to a piece of laminated paper with butcher twine that's 30 years old, That's not a proper checklist that shows your team that you don't give a shit because someone made a checklist 13 years ago, laminated it. The corners are all wrinkled. It's got blue ink all over it because it never gets cleaned properly. What signal is that giving your team? It's literally telling your team, I don't give a shit. It's telling your team that this is so not important to me. And then you're surprised that they're not doing it. Now, how many times have I walked into a bathroom as a guest and as a consultant? That's one of the first things I do is I walk into, if I'm doing an on-site, I'll walk into a bathroom and I'll look on the back of the door and there's a bathroom cleaning log. And if today is January 18th, when do you think the last time a signature was on that bathroom cleaning log? October of last year? Three months ago? It's what I see all the time. So you're doing two things. You're telling your team that you don't give a shit and you're telling your guests that this bathroom isn't clean. So as far as I'm concerned, get rid of the damn cleaning law because it ain't helping. Wow. So again, what's frustrating you? Do we have a system for it? Is it a good system? And more importantly, have I trained my team properly on that? Now, again, you have not trained your team properly if there's not a signature. And I don't mean a signature on a packet, on a 300-page packet. Anyone on this call who's bought a house, when you sat down at the closing table at the escrow company, Did they walk into the room with 300 pages? The answer is yes. Did they flip to the last page, say sign here, congratulations, here's your house? No fucking way. You had to sign 75 pages, literally. Ryan, you need to sign this now. My wife, you need to sign this now. What am I signing? It's X, Y, Z. Okay, now you need to sign this. Now you need to sign this. Why are there 75 pages? Why isn't it one page that says you've read the whole book? Because at some point, Someone got sued and lost because there wasn't a signature on that page and they claimed they didn't clearly understand it. So that company said, well, we're going to get a signature on that specific page. And after 200 years or a thousand years of selling property, we now need to sign 75 pages. And in five years, it's going to be 80 pages. Why should your restaurant be any different? If you have 75 skills that a team member needs to learn, they have to sign 75 pages. Call me crazy. I don't care. All I do is get restaurants results.
0: I didn't say it's <laughs> going
1: to be easy. I didn't say it's going to <clears> be fun. All I said is I get restaurants results. So you may sit here and go, Ryan, you're crazy. This sounds like work. I hate everything about it. Well, that's fine. But just ask yourself the question if you want results yeah. or if you want to find the easy way. Because what in the world that's easy is worth it?
0: No, this is this is such great information, man. Oh, my God. Really, really good stuff. And I think I'm, I'm sure there's people listening to this thinking, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. This is me. This is me. This is me. I know that for a fact. <laughs> so anyway, 100 um, percent, man, it's it's nuts. Um, I mean, one thing well, I talk to restaurants quite a bit is, is a lot of times to your point here, it's like they don't, they don't even really think about all the issues in their business. And you start really asking them and they start pouring out. It's like they've never even thought about all these things. They have these frustrations, but they haven't, they haven't plotted them out into a, a list that they can easily identify and then attack one by one. So I love that. That's amazing, man. Um, We're so talk- busy.
1: We just get into the day to day. And you can't, and again, I always say this is a judgment free zone. Uh, listen to any of my trainings, read my book, join our membership, get on the phone with me, whatever method works for you or anyone, anyone out there who can help you. I don't care. I'm on a mission to change the industry. There's other people that can do things similar to me. If you want to get on the phone with them, that's great. Just make the industry a better place to work, make your restaurant a better place. But the point is what you just said, Brett, is we get so caught up in, man, it's just I had to wake up earlier than i wanted to today i'm gonna be at the restaurant later than i planned on today i'm gonna miss something with my kid today like Mm -hmm. and now you're asking me to start doing all this other stuff and yeah i get it it's hard but we just get so stuck in it sometimes we need that like wake up call to take a moment look at the business from the top down and sometimes you need outside perspective there's the expression you can't see the trees of the forest or you can't see the forest of the trees. I know what it means, but I've never understood it. I don't know which <laughs> yeah. one's right and I don't really care. Yeah. But the point is, the analogy works of unless you get up high, you just can't see the whole business. Sometimes you can't even provide that perspective, even if you do get up high because you're so in it. 100%. There's a reason for everything you do. And it's, I see it a lot whenever I say we need to change that. It's yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but because you put your blood, sweat and tears into creating that, I didn't. So I can come in objectively and say, I know you spent three years developing that, but it's a bad concept and it needs to go. Yeah. And we've done this. We've shut restaurants down, reopened them 30 days later. And five years later, they have five, 10, 15 locations because they were working so hard for 10 years in the wrong concept. Sometimes you just gotta start over.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned something earlier I, I wanna bring, I wanna kind of revisit is is simplifying restaurant concepts. Um, mm-hmm. This is something I see quite a bit where I'll talk to a restaurant and their menu is just out of control. And it's just massive, or they have all these different ideas and they have karaoke this night, an event this night. And all. I'm like, man, you're, you're, you're really pushing so many different things here. Bro. Oh my God. Yeah it's just it's 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 amazing and i'm like how do you even find time to think about all these ideas but anyway long story short let's talk about simplifying concepts because i think it's an issue that everyone deals with and struggles with for some reason um how do you approach that
1: so i've got yeah i've got a bunch on this so first thing is put a sign up in your office that says am i mastering or am i dabbling i spent 10 years i took it down when i redid my office about six months ago because it's just ingrained in me now but I want you to ask yourself the question, anything that you do, is this mastery or is this dabbling? If you're doing karaoke on Tuesdays and trivia on Wednesdays and this on Thursdays and that on Fridays, we're doing that because we're trying to attract as wide of an audience as possible. But are we really good at one of them? Like, Are we the best in the world at one of them? And if not, then we're always just going to scratch the surface because we can't be the best in the world at karaoke if we're doing karaoke and trivia and whatever else it is that we do and stand-up comedy and everything else. Whereas a comedy club is the best in the world at comedy. It's what they do. They live it. They breathe it. They attract the best talent. The best talent wants to play at their club because that's all they do. The best talent isn't going to play at a club that does comedy on Wednesdays and karaoke on Tuesdays. Yeah. Um. So one, are we mastering or are we dabbling? Same thing with your menu. Look, everyone looks at cheesecake factory and says, well, Cheesecake Factory's got a big menu. Yeah, they're really fucking good at what they do. They also have massive kitchens and they pay a ton of money for it. And they're the outlier. Don't look at Cheesecake Factory as the example of why you should have a huge menu. They are the outlier. What I prefer to look at is look at the trends. And bread. I'd love your input on this because I'm gonna talk about SEO here for a second. But we look for things differently now. In the 80s, when I was growing up, Hey, kids, what do you feel like for dinner? Chinese. Hey, kids, what do you feel like for dinner? Italian, Mexican. That's not how we search anymore. Yep. My son doesn't just want Mexican. My son wants tacos all pastor. So we don't go to a Mexican restaurant anymore. We go to a restaurant for a dish. And that's just because of more knowledge in the world. More ingredients, more restaurants that specialize in things, but also the thing called Google has allowed us to search for that. So we'll read an article about not just the 10 best Mexican restaurants in Austin, but the 10 best tacos al pastor in Austin. Now, if you're going to make the best taco al pastor, what are the chances that you also have burritos and enchiladas and all this other stuff? as well as pizza and hamburgers and Philly cheesesteaks and all that other stuff. And so what I prefer to look at is, one, what's driving people to our restaurant? Right now, it's, it's Google. It's SEO. Yep. What else is driving people to our restaurant? Influencers. Influencers are not going to write an article about a restaurant that has 742 items on their menu that are all good. Influencers are going to write an article about a restaurant that does this one thing the best. What's going to get you on TV being really good at burritos and enchiladas and pizza and axe throwing or what's going to get you on the news is on National Margarita Day, you have the best margarita in town. Yep. So that's part of it. But then also my favorite thing, everybody always says to me, Ryan, I want to be more like Chick-fil-A. I want to be more like In-N-Out. I want to be more like Chipotle. Great then get rid of all this shit on your menu and sell one fucking thing. Sorry, I was told it was okay to use language at the beginning of
0: this. So <laughs> no, I'm but, going to. No, but Ryan, this is so good. And I, I, I'm I, so glad you brought this up because like legitimately, this is always the issue with us. You know why? Because when we were with the client, one of the first things I need from them is is content to run the ads for them. And to your point, Google is, is king for this right now. We're converting way more customers for restaurants through Google and all their platforms versus social. I mean like, like a lot more way more. So just to put that side note, but the, the hardest thing for us in the beginning with every, this is like with every client, okay, what is your best selling dish? And give me a, give me some good looking content for that. So we can run that in your ads. It's like pulling teeth. It's like the hardest thing for them to figure out and get and whatever. And it's, it's crazy to me because to your point, exactly. When you're known for one specific dish and that's your thing, Boom. You're going to bring in so many people you are going to bring in a specific niche as well. That's going to be your, your lever. You're going to pull to bring in the marketing, to use the marketing, to drive the customers in the door. Not we do all these different things. That's confusing, really confusing.
1: And like if I'm going to drive 20 minutes to get pizza, I don't want to go to a restaurant that one day they're advertising pizza. The next day they're advertising hamburgers. i yeah, will go to exactly. that restaurant because it's across the street from my house. Right. So some restaurants are convenience or location driven most restaurants are not most restaurants are destinations you may not think you're a destination but nowadays with the amount of competition i would venture to say that 99 percent of restaurants are destinations even if you are a location-driven restaurant like even if you're on the santa monica pier like you're on the pier we're gonna eat at this restaurant because they got a good view well when i was growing up in los angeles there was only one restaurant on the santa monica pier now there's four so even that one restaurant that used to be able to charge whatever they want and give average food because you're paying for this view, can't do that anymore. Even yeah. they are a destination restaurant. I think there's even they more have now. to
0: be known for something. What's that, Brett? I think there's like more. I think there's like eight or like 10 now or something crazy. Well,
1: yeah, there's all these food stands, but it used to yeah. be like there was the lobster, and the lobster was great. And then if you went up to like um further north, there was a restaurant. Uh, I can't even remember it at at sunset, but anyways, the point is those restaurants are dead now because they are not adapting to most people's desires and needs. Um, but I want to go back. I I stopped because I was swearing so much, but I want to go back to what I said. If you're out there and you're saying to yourself, I want to be more like a Chipotle. I want to be more like an in and out. I want to be more like a Chick-fil-A. Look at what they do. They do one thing really, 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 really 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 well yeah now you might also be saying oh but ryan but those are quick service restaurants on full service i don't care what are you known for brett asked the question i'm going to ask it now if you can't write this down in three seconds right now one two three what are you known for one two three if you couldn't answer that you have homework to do now it may not be a dish You may be known for, Cheesecake Factory is not known for a dish. Cheesecake Factory is known for flawless execution. So when we go to a Cheesecake Factory, it's because we can't decide what we want. So we're not going to Cheesecake Factory for a dish. We're going for flawless execution. That's what they're known for. There's other restaurants that we go to for a magical escape from reality. There are restaurants that I go to because they're whimsical and fun and I had a shit ass week. And I want to have a drink and have some fun. There are restaurants that we go to for a specific dish. There are restaurants that we go to for axe throwing. Yeah. But whatever it is, what are you known for? And spend 90% of your time making sure that that is mastered,
0: I is epic, is the best in the world. I love that so much that you said all this because literally I ask restaurants this every time before we work with them what are you best known for? What makes you unique? The amount of times that like puzzles someone it is mind blowing <laughs> to me. <laughs> like, oh, well, what do you mean? We just yeah, like, we, we just have pizza. It's like, you just have pizza. That's, that's your sales pitch. Right. Come
1: and that's a problem. Yeah. How many other places just have pizza? And so again, a lot of this is like we said, like this is a judgment-free zone. This is not about, we're not judging anyone here. This is about Look, I had to learn this stuff. I wasn't born. I didn't. I wasn't like Neo in the Matrix. When I was born, there's no USB port in the back of my head. No (laughs) one plugged some fucking port in my head and downloaded all this shit into me. And then I was just like some ninja chopping and dodging bullet guy. (laughs) So somewhere along the road, this information had to get transplanted from really smart people into my head. So the question is, if you are struggling right now, or if you are not growing at the pace that you wanna grow, are you open to having some new information brought into your head? And are you open to the amount of time it's gonna take? Because again, we can't plug a USB port in your head and just download it, we can't. I wish we could, but we can't. So this is not about judgment. This is not about saying like, you know, well, I'm, I suck at my job because I didn't know this stuff. No, none of us know this stuff. So now it's just about, are you going to invest in yourself to start learning proven methods? Look, success leaves clues. Success is a formula. But stress, struggle, and overwhelm is also a formula. The problem is most of us have never learned the formula for success. So we follow others down the path of stress, struggle, and overwhelm. Yep. Yeah get out of the networking world. Stop going. Look at, I love all the restaurant associations. If they're watching this or listening, what I'm about to say might get me off of their stage. But if you're going to go to a restaurant association meeting and you're going to sit at a table with 10 other owners, you better be fucking careful what you listen to from the nine other owners. Because if they suck at their restaurant and you're taking advice from them, you are just killing yourself. Like, you yeah. need to surround yourself with people who are really good at what they're doing and are operating at a level that you desire. Do not take advice from people who are struggling. Do not listen to people in your world that know nothing about the restaurant business and are telling you that your meatloaf is fantastic.
0: Yep.
1: Honey, your meatloaf is so good, you should open up a meatloaf restaurant. How many times have we heard that,
0: right? <laughs> yeah. No, but I, 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 I agree with you so much here, too. Personally, I hate conferences. And you can talk to my partner, Jace, about that. He's, he loves conferences, and I'm glad he likes conferences. But I'm, for some reason, I just, I'm not a big fan of them at all. Uh, but to your point, I love seeking someone's help who's an expert in some kind of area, right? So, for example, it's like I could spend my weekend at a conference and do all that whole thing. Or I can just go to the one person who seems like they can help me on this one thing I need help with that seems to me to be a more productive way to do things.
1: Um, and you also have to, you just have to be open to it. A lot of times we ask people for advice, yeah. but then we don't agree with their advice. And then we judge it and and we say like, oh, well that's not going to work for us. Or like I said earlier, you don't understand it's different. That's not going to work for us. Yeah. Um. It's not different. It is going to work for you. Yeah. Well, if it's, you're it's, getting the advice from the right people.
0: It's a lot easier to make an excuse for your failure than to just take a shot at trying to be successful at it. So that's, it's always the out, you know? Um, Right. other than your book, which I think people gotta get, uh, what are some other books that you'd recommend in this space? That maybe something that inspired you, that helped you? Like, what well, any recommendations for anyone listening to this that you've come across that you've really yeah, enjoyed? Yeah,
1: so so right now, um, kind of the e myth is the ground zero. You have to read the e myth, no question about it. Uh, I love my book, and again, I, every time it's funny. I was listening to it yesterday because we we're doing some edits to it. We're gonna come. We're going to add it to audible, but I was re-listening nice. to a couple sections and it's like, I haven't listened to my own book in a year since I recorded it and I'm listening to it. And I found myself like, just, I listened for like 30 minutes. Cause I'm like, shit, this is really good. So again, and it's free on our website, grab a copy, depending on where you are in the world, we just charge a few dollars for shipping. Cause we're going to send you a physical copy. But right now the book that I'm like totally in love with is a book called the ideal team player by Patrick Lencioni, the ideal team player. It is so good about what you're looking for in team members, how to find them, how to generate that culture. Uh, the Talent Code is a phenomenal book by Daniel Coyle. One of my favorite books, Nothing Talent Code has nothing to do with restaurants, but it's phenomenal. Also, if you're a parent, if you're a parent of, of a child who is of learning age, the Talent Code is unbelievable. It will teach you things about how children learn and how people learn and how adults learn. So the talent code, my favorite book, maybe that I just love for like general motivation is a book called there's no plan B for your a game
0: by a guy named Bo
1: Eason. There's no plan B for your a game.
0: Um, This is, this dude is the dude (laughs) that
1: I go to for motivation. I've had the opportunity to work with Bo one-on-one. I've had the opportunity to work with Bo at conferences and in groups and I mean, Bo is just such an inspirational guy. Um, You're going to love that book, but he talks about 20-year plans. And so what I love about a 20-year plan is if you're struggling for motivation right now, sometimes we get in that judgment zone of like, well, it's so late in my life or I don't have time. But with a 20-year plan, the cool thing about that is it's 20 years. You have plenty of time to do it, but it's not just any 20-year plan. It's a 20-year plan to be the best. Got it. And that's why I talk about this a lot. It's from him As I have a 20 year plan with my consulting business. I'm about 10 years into it. But my 20 year plan is to change. You know, part of it is to change the industry, to be the best in the world, to have a voice that other people listen to. And we could do some really cool shit, but it's going to take me 20 years and I'm okay with that.
0: Right. Right. Him, um, so I love real quick. Book. How often do you speak with someone that you're working with and they don't even like have a game plan or a goal? Because, oh, all the time. 100 percent right? like,
1: I can't even get them to come up with a one-month goal, let alone a 20-year plan. When I talk about 20-year plans, they're like, yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing next week.
0: But see, that's that's what surprises me a lot with not just restaurant owners, but just people in general. It's like there, there's you want to get from point A to point B, but your point B isn't even really crystal clear or like your why isn't there. It's just and I think people need to get yeah. more clear. So there's a great with book it. by
1: Brian Tracy called Goals. And there's another book called Flight Plan, which are both by Brian Chasey, which talk about exactly that. If you get on an airplane and you're flying across the country, if you wanted to go to New York, but you never got on the plane to New York and it landed in Philadelphia, why are you disappointed? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, yeah. a lot of us just get on an airplane and then in five years we're disappointed about where we're at, but we never bought a ticket to go to New York. We just bought an airplane ticket. Well, it might take you to Brazil. It might take you to Antarctica. I'm going to be really happy in Brazil because I get to hang out with Brad and drink awesome (laughs) drinks, but I'm going to be really pissed off if I end up in Antarctica because I'm not dressed for it.
0: A hundred percent. But if you just
1: get on an airplane and don't put together a map, so we can't be disappointed where we end up. And one thing I want to say to this is I use this analogy all the time. If I was going to reward you, pay you, whatever, give you a high five for dropping something on a spot below me like on the ground draw a circle on the ground drop it and have it land in that circle and i gave you the choice of a rock or a feather which would you pick you have to drop it from arm height and have it hit the spot on the ground are you going to pick a rock or a feather
0: for sure a rock
1: it's a rock (laughs) yeah a rock because why when you let go of a rock it falls and it hits where you drop it it will not be affected by wind it will not be affected by gravitational forces but when you drop a feather you have no way of predicting where that feather will land, zero. Wind, feather, weird aerodynamics, everything. That feather might land on the circle, but it might not. So which one are you gonna be in life? Too many people are feathers. Stop being a feather. I am a rock. Be a rock. Where are you going to be tomorrow? Where are you gonna be next week, next month, next year, in 10 years, in 20 years? What influence are you gonna leave on this world? Not a question. Do you hear in my voice any sort of questioning of like, wouldn't it be nice? Fuck no. I know what I'm doing every moment of every day. I know where I'm going, I know what I want and I know how I'm gonna get there. Now, if I arrive a year late, no big deal, but I'm gonna arrive. Yeah. But we just wake up every day and we throw our feather in the air. (laughs) And once in a while it lands in the circle and those are good days. But yep. a lot of times it doesn't. And then we're pissed off. But who are you pissed off at? You woke up today and chose to not make a decision. And so you became a feather.
0: I love this. Man, I, this is such good you stuff. You thought man, this was
1: going to be about restaurants,
0: didn't you? No, this is, this is, this is exactly what people need to hear. This is, this is a, and this applies to so many people because this is always the issue. This is the whole issue of people today because they, they have big ambitions, but they have low drive to get there. A little motivation to get there. That's a big problem with society in general right now.
1: Show me your calendar. I'll predict your future.
0: I love that. I love that. And um, obviously, Ryan, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that maybe they're just hanging for the first time. Uh, And I know we're running a little short on time, because I know you got something coming up in a few minutes. How do people find you? If they want to learn more about you, where do they go? TheRestaurantBoss.com.
1: TheRestaurantBoss.com. You can get... You can go to my YouTube channel from there. You can just go to YouTube and Google The Restaurant Boss. We've got probably 400 videos on YouTube, 300 videos you can watch totally free. They're awesome. Um, But at therestaurantboss.com, you can, like I said, you can book time with me one-on-one. You could join our membership, which gets you access to our training programs, as well as time with me every month and a new training every month. Get our book. Our oh, book yeah. is totally free. Just pay like nine bucks for shipping. So the toolkit, toolkit's got like a hundred free resources for restaurant operators, but everything you need is at the restaurantboss.com.
0: Awesome, man. Appreciate that. And and obviously your YouTube, same same handle, right? The restaurant boss on YouTube as well. If you want to check out the restaurant videos. boss. Perfect. Well, yeah, right. Ryan- mean, it's probably
1: easier to just google. I if anyone actually does like the restaurant boss or like YouTube.com slash the restaurant boss. Yeah. Go to the go to YouTube and the restaurant boss.
0: I love it, man. Well, that was super informative. I know I learned a lot as well, and I know our listeners learned a ton as well. I appreciate your time today, man. Super, super excited about what you have going on and what we have coming as well. And uh, we'll chat real soon then.
1: You got it, man. Thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Chat soon then.
0: What an amazing episode, guys. I really hope you enjoyed that episode today with Ryan. Um, I know I did. I learned a ton from it. And if you want to hear more from Ryan, you want to learn more about Ryan, I've included some links below this episode where you can actually get a copy of his book for free. You just have to pay for uh, the shipping cost, depending on where you are in the world, because it is actually a hard copy book that he will be sending to you. Also, another note, we are going to be partnering with Ryan to do a webinar exclusively to our audience in March. So if you are interested in also attending that webinar, be sure to click the links below. We're going to have an opt-in section for that. And again, hope you enjoyed the episode and we'll see you soon. Cheers.